Welcome to Motherhood Feels. Hindsight is 2020. I'm Dr. Jill Garrett, a licensed psychologist who specializes in maternal mental health and host of Motherhood Feels. Hindsight is 2020. Stay tuned as Motherhood Feels unwinds with Tasha Kay, seasoned mom of two and internet sensation. Tasha, who hosts Unwine with Tasha Kay is an entertainment blogger and content creator who spills the tea on all things celebrity gossip. As you'll hear from Tasha, she is no stranger to controversy, and she details her journey to becoming an entertainment provocateur. Tasha Kay's followers, the Winos, have plenty of places to get their Tasha Kay fix. From YouTube to Rumble, check out the links in the show notes. In her role as a mom, you'll hear Tasha talk about parenting a teen as a public figure, the challenging pregnancy and postpartum period she experienced with her young son, and how her family has supported her postpartum health recovery. Check out Tasha next. Hey guys, it's me, Jill. Big news. M is for Mom, a Motherhood Feels book, is out now. M is for Mom introduces healthy mental health coping skills in a rhyming storybook format. It's perfect for baby shower gifts, gender reveals, new baby visits, Mother's Day, and even seasoned moms. If you would like to stock up on a go-to baby shower gift, or you'd like to be the first to shower your patients or employees with M is for Mom, Bulk orders can be placed by contacting motherhoodfeels at gmail.com. Head over to motherhoodfeels.com to check out the newly revamped website to get a preview of M is for Mom and to check out available locations to purchase M is for Mom. And as per usual, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Five-star reviews can't hurt either. You can also follow me on Instagram at motherhoodfeels, all one word, and check out my online course before and even after Baby Boot Camp at motherhoodfeels.com. The downloadable workbook and short videos will walk through evidence-based strategies for healthy coping with all your motherhood feels. Thanks for listening. Hi, Tasha. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Dr. Jill. Thank you for having me. I'm nervous. <laughs> No need to be nervous. I think that you are well-versed in all this interview stuff. So let's start with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I'm a 41-year-old wife and mother, originally from Panama City, Florida. Very small town, very uh, family-oriented. So even though I'm not living in the small town anymore... I still operate with a very small town mentality when it comes to family, kids, and things like that. Um, I am a digital talk show host. Um, pretty successful at it. <laughs> you know, it's a job just like anything else. Um, you know, it has its goods, it has its bad days. And uh, yeah, I love beaching. <laughs> Great introduction. And I will mention that I know of you and met you through your sister, who mm-hmm. is also very steeped in this maternal mental health field. Yeah. And I heard you say you're a mom. So tell me a little bit about your mom life. Oh my God. Mom life now is super fun. 
it was hard in the beginning because I had my first child at 24. So she's 16 now, about to be 17. Just pulled a, a very bad prank on me just last night. <laughs> well, you're going to have to tell the prank. What's the prank? <laughs> she called me and was like, mom, you're going to be upset, but I got a plan. I got all D's and F's. And I'm like, what? You know, she was like, yeah, I know it's me. Just go ahead. Give me the rundown. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. I'm going to get it up. And I'm like, you're not. You're going to go with your brother. You're going to go go to school in Africa. And, and so she sends me a screenshot and she actually got a 4.0. Oh. That was a good prank. <laughs> yeah, not so good. I said, don't you do that? I was already making arrangements for her flight. I was like, we are, you are going to school, to boarding school in Africa. I am done. Because my son, who's uh, four, who is her brother, uh, they're very spread apart. Uh, she was supposed to be the only child, but then begged around the age of like 11 uh, for us to get pregnant. She said she was lonely. And then when the brother got here, she didn't want nothing to do with him. But I'm like, I got to work. What are you doing? <laughs> so uh, my husband's parents, uh, who are who you know are originally from uh, West Africa, Bomako Mali to be specific, um, was asking us, please, 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 we didn't get a chance to spend time with Tonto when she was younger. Can you bring him here? And so we contemplated that uh, for some time, and then when he turned two, I was like, yeah, it's time for him to go. So <laughs> neighbors was finding my son. He was on the golf course. It was just. He was a boy and then we're working a lot. And then, you know, he gets to be a kid more. So, um, you know, he wasn't really being challenged here. No matter what type of school we put him in, it was just always the same thing. ABCs, numbers. Uh, we wanted him to have more of a curriculum structured. And where he goes, children start school at two. They start circling. They start coloring. They start writing their names. So he's already... Um, Four, about to be five, and um, he's doing well. Speaks four languages. Left here speaking no languages, and now speaking four languages. My goodness, wow! And how often do you get a chance to see him? About twice a year. So I'm getting ready to go now in December for a month, and it's kind of my time off because I love Africa. You know, I tell you know Black Americans here, uh, we're no different from Africans, from Black Africans. Uh, we all like to take our time and have a good time. And so the whole country is always on break. There's not, there's, it's not stressful there. Well, I'm glad to hear that there is a non-stressful place out there. And oh. it's cool that you have this teenager and she is in prank mode. And then you've got your son who is multilingual and um, taking his time in relaxing and doing his life in Africa. And then you sound like you are quite busy in your career. Before we started, I Googled you before I hopped on here and I said, oh my gosh, she is in the middle of it again. And so tell me a little bit about your career, your journey to becoming Tasha Kay. Oh, that's an interesting one. Well, um, I'm a small town girl. You know, college really wasn't a conversation for us. I don't know if my sister ever kind of told you a little bit about, you know, our upbringing. You know, we don't have a lot of college graduates in our family. Um, she's probably maybe the second um, person to graduate college. And then my baby sister's third, you know, on my, on the maternal side of our family. Um, my mother did end up going back to school and getting her degree, but it was kind of like, you know, that small time mentality you get, you, you know, you go, grow up, you go to high school, you get married, you have babies, that's it. And so for us, you know, our parents wanted more for us and, um, you know, but for me, I was always bad. 
I was just bad. I was just rebellious. I skipped class all day and went to the gym and told jokes all day. I talked about people all day. I gossiped all day. It was funny to me to make jokes, not at people, but just make people laugh. And, um, you know, every now and then I would show up in class and my teachers would be like, you're here. And I'm like, oh, time for me to go, <laughs> you know, and I would go back to the gym and it came this like laughing start of the school, like in high school, like, hey, uh, you have gym every period? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but I really don't. And so that's kind of, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew that I loved having a good time. I love socializing. I love entertaining people. It's kind of where I got my, where I found my happy place. And, you know, as I, I got older, you know, I did the thing, got married, had kids. And then I figured out what I wanted to do. I picked up a microphone when I was serving at Buffalo Wild Wings and I haven't put one down since. And I remember working at Buffalo Wild Wings doing birthday shout outs, sitting in for the radio station that would come in on Mondays, um, you know, to do the football, uh, uh, just kind of, um, things that they would do, the guys would do. They would even do tailgating up there. It was crazy. That Buffalo Wild Wings was lit in Hagerstown, Maryland. And um, <laughs> called me the little Oprah and I never got it. Like, it was crazy. And then, you know, I started interning for radio stations. I would do the street team, the marketing stuff, but they never gave me a mic by myself. It was kind of always people would see me and then be like, hey, I saw you at Buffalo Wild Wings. Can you host my concert? You know, can you, you know, host my show? And I would do that on the side while doing street team stuff for, you know, radio stations, various radio stations. And then I was a server at Buffalo Wild Wings where I learned, um, you know, just kind of over the years working in the restaurant industry, how to entertain people more. So basically, you know, moving from the gym, entertaining the school and fighting <laughs> into the restaurant business, which I always love because I always love being around people. Um, and then it moved. Um, into what I'm doing now. And so it just kind of evolved over the years that way. It's like I picked up a microphone and never put it down. Yeah. And you've talked about how you are really social. You like being around and kind of gossiping and entertaining. And it sounds like you have found the perfect gig for yourself. And I think your followers are called winos. Am I getting oh. that correct? Tell me well, a little bit about what people can expect if they're tuning in to hear you. Well, I like to do my signature spin, wine glasses. We're bougie, or we may be a little ghetto, <laughs> you know, and we just love to see what's going on in the neighborhood. We love to talk about it. We love to talk about our lives, our kids, our, you know, our husbands and other people's husbands. And it's kind of like I've taken who we are as women, even as men, and basically just kind of made it a brand of us having a good time all the time. And it's never fun when, you know, you're living on this street, right? This is how I kind of describe the wino brand, right? So we're, we're all on this street in this neighborhood, kind of like the Stepford Wives and things like that. And, you know, your house could be quiet this day, but the next, you know, your next door neighbor, Sandy, her house is, is lit. And, you know, you may be sitting on your porch watching it all. And then somebody's going to come and report what's going on. Sandy's going to come to us and she's going to want hugs and she's going to want to talk it out. She's going to want wine and cheese and then she's going to go home and it's going to be somebody else's house the next day. Yeah, it sounds like a real community. And I don't know a lot of moms who don't need a community. It also sounds a great way to kind of detach from some of the the reality of hard stuff and just enjoy some of the fun stuff. Yeah, making, taking, you know, we take life too serious. Everybody got bills. Everybody got problems with families. Everybody got crazy moms, you know, crazy, you know, the cheating husbands. And we just all sit around and just, you know, take 
for a moment, not looking at it like my life is falling apart. Let's look at this. Let's examine it. Let's learn. Let's laugh. Let's be angry. Let's talk. Let's curse. Let's get it all out. Move on. And it sounds like it is very unfiltered, which sounds like it is very you. You are probably come to the table as an unfiltered person. But I think that's probably what's really enticing about the draw of your brand and your your offerings. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, I, I don't tend to even though, you know, I'm I'm associated with a lot of people that are, let's just say, uh, prominent positions such as yourself, like doctors, lawyers you know, engineers, even people in Hollywood. Like I have friends from all across the spectrum. Um, Friends that live in the projects, live in trailer parks, people that are homeless. You know, um, I just try to remain as authentic as I can. Like that little girl that was in the gym at Rutherford High, just wanting to make people laugh. Mm -hmm. You know, life is not to be taken serious. We can't take any of this with us. We all have problems. And the more we expose them, you're going to see that you're not alone. And I know it stings. It stings. <laughs> but that's life. And I feel that a lot of people like to run from life instead of just dealing with it head on. And that's why I'm so uh, transparent about my own life and the things that I've gone through and, you know, issues with my mom and, you know, uh, being molested when I was a young child and stuff like that and overcoming that, that at the end of the day, like, it's literally about what you want. And, you know, how it makes you, how you want life to make you feel. You're in charge of that. No one's in charge of your, your agony or your happiness. Let's laugh about, let's figure out how we can find solutions. And when we're angry and upset about things, we don't find solutions that way. We find solutions by coming together, arguing about it, you know, fighting about it and getting to the bottom line. Does your teenager follow you and uh, watch your show and all that? Mm -mm, Hell no. Um, <laughs> and she doesn't want to. Now, surprising, she, because she tries to say, she'll try to downplay because, you know, I don't go to her school. She stopped me from going to her school. She was like, every time I go to my school, my friends are always intrigued by you because their moms watch you, <laughs> you know, but um, she doesn't watch what I do. She's like, mom, you're really not that popular. You're like, you're popular amongst the moms and the dads and stuff, you know, but not amongst my friends. And I'm like, okay, your friends, that's why they always over my house because they like me. But she recently came to my uh, comedy show that I had in Miami here recently and she was upset. She didn't want to come. And I was like, but you got to come. So sorry. So she came and she was like, mom, you know, after the show, she said, surprisingly, I laughed the entire time. Now, this doesn't mean I like you. You're still my mom. You're still not funny. But overall, you did a good job. I'm proud of you. So it was kind of like, oh, I see what you do now. Pretty good feedback. And (laughs) you are clearly a public figure and a well-known figure. And you also interact with other public well-known figures. And I'm hearing you say you're not treating anybody probably any different than anybody who's not in a position of authority or celebrity. But I'm wondering for you, when you're interacting with um, all these folks, how do you live your life in this public figure mode? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm I'm Tasha. What you'll notice, especially about when it comes to being a public figure, there's a lot that they try to put around it to make it look like you're different from the public. Mm. But, you know, there's something that I learned early on working in the restaurant industry. Um, I'm a server. And a lot of people th- look down on servers, right? And they used to, um, you know, I see servers get disrespected. 
you know, be accused of, you know, just being being racist or just being rude and, you know, just being treated like the 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 worst of the worst type people, you know, like, oh, you gotta do this, you gotta wait on me. I'm 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 better, I'm paying you. And when I when I switched over into training servers, right? Um, one thing that I would say to 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 servers is you may think that you're serving, right? And people are belittling you and they're tipping you a dollar, or sometimes they don't want to tip you and things like that. I said, but you're really leading because in order to serve people. You have to understand all of their needs. And so when you understand everybody's needs, you're able to maneuver and control the situation. So you're really leading. So if a table is upset, you have the power to lead them into a better experience. And I learned that through working in the restaurant industry for many years. And so when I look at myself as a public figure, I'm not a public figure. I'm a server. I serve the people. I give them what they want. Whether they don't like what I do, whether they love what I do, I have a job to do just like you have a job to do. My job just happens to be just a bit more controversial, you know, than yours. But it still doesn't make my job any different from what you do. And so I think of myself as a server when I'm in this position. I'm serving people things that they're coming and asking for. And it may not be pleasant, but at the end of the day, my motto is the customer is always right. And if they leave happy, if they leave satisfied, they leave like, oh my gosh, she's crazy, but she gave a great show. You know, I'm coming back to see her. That's how I treat myself as a public figure. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit motherhood. You have these two children. Did you always think you were going to be a mom? I wanted 10 kids. I remember when I met my husband and I was like, hey, I want 10 kids. He said, okay, no problem. Like, I was like, seriously? He was like, yeah, no problem, as many as you want. Like, he told me that within two weeks of meeting him. And I was like, really? Like, And so we ended up getting married three months after we met. And then having our, you know, I found out I was pregnant a month later. And once I had time to, I was like, you know what? One kid is good. <laughs> I didn't have nothing to do all day but just talk and gossip on the phone with my friends. But I was just like, one kid is good. And <laughs> I had another one, but now I'm in a position now where I'm like, okay, I can afford to have more kids. I kind of want more kids, but I'm not physically able to have kids like that. So it's like, oh, I can adopt, but my husband's not ready for that. So, but I always wanted a lot of kids because I kind of love the holidays when people come around. I got all my babies at the table, grandbabies. That's me. That's going to be this type of grandma mom. That sounds really nice and idyllic. And I'm thinking as you were in the newborn and early days with your oldest, what do you remember it being like? Man, it was fun because Tonsu was always a jokester. Like she still did. She still is a jokester. Like she'll put people, they, I check people. I'm like, no, you don't understand. My daughter's tongue, she will break you all the way down. And she's always been that way. Very strong. She hard-headed, like she get it from me and she loves to have a good time. And so it was always a funny thing for us. We used to, you know, do voices together. We used to, um, sorry, my security team just got here. Yeah. Um, you know, she's just, she's just fun. Like she's always been that way. And I love that she's very boisterous like me. I see parts of her dad. I see parts of me and, um, I can't ask for like a better daughter. I really can't. Well, let's talk the security team because now I'm going to have to be curious about that. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, security team. Um, so when did you start needing security? Um, 
it's not like I need it. That's the thing, because I don't roll with security like that. But in certain situations, if I'm dealing with certain people who are a danger to themselves, because, you know, when people put themselves in situations where they could go to jail, it's kind of to protect themselves and protect us. Gotcha. Well, yeah. tell me um, when there is controversy, when there is like I'm Googling you before logging on and seeing all these hits and all this stuff, Will Smith and Jada Smith and all this stuff. What do you do when that stuff's blowing up? Nothing. We just move on to the next story. Just moving forward always. It's like we throw the bomb and we run and then you guys are scrambling. We're over here. Sorry. Like that's how we do. That's how business rolls. You know, no celebrity, no person is happy when their name is in the title. I even get like that. I'm like, what are they talking about now? But then once I calm down, I'm like, oh, it's funny. It's going to go away. It's just a part of being a, a, a public figure, someone that people look at as a public figure. We all just kind of trade positions to entertain the public for that day. And Will and Jada are entertaining right now. <laughs> so like, who's next? Well, let's see. I wanted to just pick your brain on your son before we've got to wrap up. And I know he's over in Africa and he is four years old. And um, I'm thinking about when you had him. What do you remember about your early days with him? Oh, my God. First of all, being pregnant with Lamine was extremely hard because I was 37. So my body was nothing like when it was 24. It was like being pregnant all over again. I was tired. I couldn't eat anything. I was high risk, of course. Um, I didn't eat probably for the first two trimesters. And then my third trimester, I just started craving steak. And oddly enough, that's all he eats is steak. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm like, you ha and I'm like, how are you not constipated? He uses the bathroom every time. I'm like, this is insane. But um, early days with him was very hard. Uh, because, of course, um, my body just kind of gave out on me. A lot of people didn't know I was on a walker. Mm. You know, I lost bone loss, my teeth. I had to, people are thinking like, oh, you got the celebrity teeth. And I'm like, no. Um, as I had my son, my bones, like my teeth started getting thin. And I looked up one day and I was like, oh, what is wrong with my teeth? You know, so I had to go get my teeth fixed and get veneers. I had very, very bad, like, uh, I don't know what they call it, like tendinitis or something like, or I, my hands, if I even put my hands down or move them, um, I couldn't, I didn't have feeling in my hands. I don't know what they call that back pain. My back kept going out because I had him naturally too. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. It was like, I just broke myself down. Then I started having thyroid problems. And then while I'm going through this, I'm in the middle of a lawsuit and running a business. And it was just a lot, you know, and going through postpartum. But thanks to my sister, to Jonda. With mommy too postpartum, you know, she helped me get get me back on track. And so um I love her for that. And she's a middle sister and I'm the big sister. And here she is taking care of me, you know. Um, but it was very, it was very uh challenging. And if it wasn't for my in-laws kind of stepping in to give me that break because I didn't have one, it was kind of like I had a hard pregnancy and then a hard two years because my thyroid and stuff was messing up and I wasn't getting sleep and he wouldn't stop nursing. I was making jugs like in one pump, jugs of milk. Um, and that's a lot on the pituitary gland and hormones and stuff. And I would eat constantly. Um, I'll never forget my doctor calling me, telling me that my thyroid was at a a 1920, like in hyper. She, he was like, you're just a, a you're going to have a heart attack. Like you're going to have a stroke. And I look back on the pictures, my face was sunken in, my stomach was really big. I was literally fading away, you know? So my in-laws kind of came in when I really needed them 
so that I can nurse myself back to health. And I'm completely healthy now. My thyroid is functioning well. I mean, I take like a 10 milligram of methanazole. I exercise, I eat right. Um, and my son is thriving. My husband is thriving. The business is thriving. And we're just, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, gosh, it sounds like a wild ride, particularly when you'd had that one experience with your daughter that was when you were younger and didn't have all these other complications. And then it sounds like you, with the help of your family and your in-laws, have really been able to thrive and survive. And so you were so kind to take time out of your busy schedule to talk to me. And is there anything else I didn't ask you about that you wanted to share? No, no. Just tell everybody where they can watch the show, Unwind with Tasha K. Unwind, like you're drinking wine everywhere. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Twitter. Uh, for the latest on celebrity gossip, we also do gossip on civilians, where civilians will come in, call in and, and ask me questions about their you know, how to maneuver through their lives and things that they're going through in their own lives and stuff. And so, you know, we also do comedy. So it's wine gossip comedy and, you know, just pull up and have a glass of wine when you want to just be messy a little bit and, you know, get away from life and then get back to your real life. I like it. And you've got such a platform. And I thank you for taking time to talk about this topic, this maternal mental health topic. And I'm hopeful that with your platform, it can also be a way to share with the masses and all the people that you interact with just how common having a hard time in one's maternal mental life can be. And you can feel better and there's a lot of good stuff that you can do to feel better. So just to normalize it and to let people know you got this. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Like, And you're not alone. <laughs> so it's like, if we got through it, you could get through it too. And that's what the winos are all about. So we're all winos. We all wine and drink wine. Well, thank you, Tasha. Thank you, Dr. Jill. This was awesome. Thanks for listening. And make sure to save the date for the upcoming Motherhood Feels book launch. You can mix and mingle with Motherhood Feels at Fishweir Brewing Company in Jacksonville, Florida for the book launch of Motherhood Feels M is for Mom and Fatherhood Feels D is for Dad, December 7th, 5.30 p.m. at Fishweir Brewing Company.